And we are live with Living the Guide Life, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning back in. Can't say enough. You guys have been awesome. It's been a true treat to uh, be able to listen to some of these stories. And been so fortunate to talk to all these different people in the outdoor industry because they are some pretty badass dudes and ladies. Um, it's just so much fun. So glad you guys could be a part of this and uh, listen in on uh, some of the earlier episodes we got going on right now and uh can't see can't wait to see where it goes from here um just super excited for all the stuff we've got coming in in the works right now on this fall and some certain trips that we'll be taking and showing you guys um more in depth on what it means to be a guide and how hard these dudes and ladies work just nonstop for people that want to come out and have fun because like Jeff said in our previous podcast, this is the entertainment business and that's just the biggest thing for people nowadays. And they need to realize that And you're taking people out that have spent their hard earned money to be with you and uh, just showing, showing them a great time and showing them what really it's all about and building our industry community in a better way um on shedding light on the great guys and girls that really make this community awesome so thank you to those people that do all that they do um to make people and make this industry so much fun and to really bring that to light on new hunters and everything like that with everything going on so it's been a blast but enough about that we are going to dig in today with uh this episode is brought to you by Chasing Fowl Outfitters. Come buck a hunt with us. Come have some fun. It's going to be a great year. Super excited. Just uh, locked down our game fair booth. So we will be there. Um, come up, come talk to us, kind of learn more about our story when we, when that time comes. And uh, we'll get you all set up to date. Also, uh, we are also brought to you by Bourbon Media. And I'll give them a second here. If you're a small business owner in the outdoor industry, we get it. The words digital marketing can be intimidating. You're a grunt work, sweat it out, bust your chops kind of person who's addicted to progress and put all of your time and energy into operating your business. We at Bourbon Media can help you push it even further. We're digital marketing experts. I'm talking web development, content creation, social media management, SEO, paid advertising, the whole nine yards. And as fellow outdoorsmen, we know the industry. Keep your business up to date and expand your reach with digital marketing that is directed at your core market. We are Bourbon Media. Cheers to progression. And that wraps things up for them. Um, I, if you guys haven't checked out the new website, make sure to go check that out because it is fucking sweet. Like, I love everything about it. They did such a killer job on it. Thank you, Nick and Garrett. Um, I can't say good enough things about these dudes. They uh, they really put their mind to it and really made it awesome to bring it to life on show you and showing where we've talked to and some of the people that we've talked to and all the things coming up now in the future. For what we got going on and i'm just super excited for you guys to see that and we are also brought to you by pacific calls make sure to go check out their calls um can't say good enough things about them the dudes over there 
are absolute killers. They love what they do. They travel around. They meet people. They really show what their brand is all about and just being the good people that they are. Uh, if you are going to Squad Fest, they will be there, so make sure to swing by their booth, um, talk to them, uh, bullshit around. That's, they love to do that, and uh, super, super awesome to see them there. I can't wait to go talk to them. Can't wait to go meet up, see what's all happening with the new warehouse and everything like that. They got moving around, some big things for them coming, and uh, it's just been a super privilege to work with them, and they've been super supportive of the podcast throughout the entire time. Um, and so it's been really a treat. So, I mean, go, go get your calls now. They're fucking badass, dude. So who we have on today is Charlie Fox. Charlie Fox is the real deal. Holy field. Um, he is going to be hopefully guiding up a black duck this fall in Canada. That's if things open up for the border. Um, Ideally, I think we're all praying for that because I know we want to get back up there and see our Canadian friends and drink some beers and shoot some ducks and geese. So I think that's what we're all hoping for. And uh, also works for Dirty Bird and then his own company up in Fergus Falls. They guide Midwest Kyle Co. Um, Make sure to go shoot them a message. Go figure out how to book a hunt with them because they are killers. So. Charlie, it's been a treat, and I hope you guys really enjoy this one because I know I did. He's a he's a fun dude to talk to, and we bullshit on some good topics. On uh, maybe don't flaunt yourself on social media as much as as much as you'd like to. Um, just stay humble. That's all it is. Just do what you need to do, and don't don't feel like you have to pretend to be somebody. That's a big thing for us. So enjoy it. <laughs> And we are live today with Living the Guide Life. We have Charlie Fox on, and he guides over at Dirty Bird, and he owns Midwest Pile Co. And if Canada opens up, he will be working up at Black Duck. So, Charlie, how are we doing? I'm doing awesome today. How are you? Doing well. Dude. It's been hot. Yeah, it's been really, really hot. I mean, the past couple of days have been 90s. We got one day that was hundreds. I mean, it's been a scorcher for Minnesota. It's been ripping our farmers apart, that's for sure. Oh my god, dude! It's been so dry. Like we've had no rain too. No, none at all. I mean, over in Frazee, where my mom lives, uh, they got a little bit of a shower. Or I mean, it's probably only an hour. I bet you they didn't even get an inch. Yeah. But uh, that was. I mean, that's not. It won't do anything. Yeah. So exactly. I mean, down here we're. I'm down in Mankato, and we've gotten a little bit of rain, but like not really any. Yeah. Just need something, something to happen. Yeah, yeah, it's been tough. A lot of the farmers have had uh, do a lot of replanting and stuff like that. With it being yeah. so windy, blowing stuff off their fields, going out having to replant. So I definitely, yeah, it's been. I'm not one for hot weather. I don't like it very much. Yeah, all this kind of sucks. Dude, I'm with you on that. I like cold. It's just yeah. That's why I live up north. I can't. I can't do it down like uh, the southern boys can. Yeah, it's it's just about. 60 degrees, you know, perfect for even 50. I mean, jeans, sweatshirt. I don't even own a pair of shorts. I don't own 
three years. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm always wearing jeans. And I mean, if it's hot, I'll wear a t-shirt. And if it's, I think it's cold enough, I'll wear a sweatshirt. But that's like my everyday apparel right there. Oh, exactly. I got my, I got my carpenter pants or my Wrangler jeans. And then that's about all I wear. Hey, yep. Yeah, like, exactly. This is how it goes. But dude, I saw you're doing some bow fishing. How's that been? Yeah, uh, so with the weather, it heated up a lot, and then it got really cold again, so it kind of kicked them in, and they it almost seemed like they were going to, like, spawn, and then uh, it got really cold again, like I said, and it shut them back off, and uh, with this weather, they've just been flying. I mean, it's been unreal. We went out to South Dakota the other day. We shot 187 carp. Um, been doing it around home. I mean, we've been filling three barrels barrels pretty religiously yeah i mean the past like and a half so i mean i've only shot eight mirror carp my whole life and uh this past week week and a half we've shot eight mirror carp so Jeez. i mean it's crazy i mean we've had multiple fish over 40 pounds out in south dakota i mean there's some there's some toads out there and they just got yeah. done with uh the world bull fishing championship out there uh they had to fight through 28 it was like i think it was like 28 mile an hour winds all night for a tournament wow yeah, so I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty hectic out there. From what I've heard, the winning team shot 500 fish, and then uh, <laughs> unguided birds were like uh, JJ Hayes. Uh, they shot like 401 or something like that, and then everybody else was in like the 200s or hundreds. Yeah, 28 miles an hour, dude. That's that's blown. Yeah, that's white. That's white capping for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, dude. And what's the deal with the mirror carp? Because I've seen them and I've heard like. You don't shoot them that just, often, uh, so. It's, so it's just a genetic mutation. Just like if you shoot a, um, let's say, a Canada with, like, white, and yeah. it's, uh, you know, just different pigmentation of the coloring of the feathers. Uh, that's pretty much what mirror carp are. They're just a genetic mutation where the scales form differently. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, they're a normal carp. They just, their scales are bigger, so. Yeah. Just a unique um, fish, I guess. Yep. Yeah. 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 I'm going, uh, I'm going bow fishing actually for the first time tonight. We're going to go give her hell. Oh. Yeah. It's been plenty warm. They're, uh, down in Southern Minnesota. I know they've been spawning for about like two or three days now. Yeah. So they should, uh, they should be hot and heavy. If you guys get into them pretty good, you guys have no problem filling a couple barrels. Yeah. Yeah. I got a buddy that does it pretty religiously around, um, my hometown and then more on the Eastern side of us. Uh, southwest or southeast minnesota so okay go give her hell down there see yeah we can do he's been shooting quite a few of them so i can't yeah, talk about that right on yeah, yeah. i mean it's, it's a blast it's a good way to spend a bunch of money and not make any money <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude. what do you do with all your carp when you're done with them i mean do you just give them to uh -huh. farmers or what do you do with them yeah. just throw them in oh, the field either we'll dump them on a farmer's field uh back <laughs> where uh so my old man he owns 200 uh, 76 acres over in Hewitt, Minnesota. Okay. And, uh, dump site out there yeah. and, uh, that spot's getting pretty full. Uh, we have a field that, uh, a farmer right across the road rents from us and he plants in there Yeah. and we just go on that field and he'll just go disc them under yeah. before he plants like yeah. that. So that's what I've heard. Like, that's what my buddy does too, is he just throws them in a field and they get this under and yep. good yep. fertilizer pretty. shit like that. Yep. I've given quite a few, like, uh, my old man, he'll do like those elevated gardens, okay, yeah. and uh, he'll just put like one or two suckers or you know one carp in the bottom of them, and then pour dirt over top of them, 
then plant whatever he's planting in there yeah. and the new ship whatever they get from him is phenomenal yeah so oh i imagine dude yeah i kind of want to hear about your story on how you got into all the hunting and fishing and everything you're into okay so uh basically growing up so my mom's a single mom uh my dad left when i was like four or five years old and uh my grandpa kind of took me under his wing uh when she moved in with him okay and uh he introduced me into the whole entire uh hunting and fishing world pretty much uh he's been taking me with me ever since i could you know pretty much go uh he owned a resort right over on rush lake minnesota okay uh he was a religious hunter he traveled all over the united states on he's on a caribou elk buffalo antelope mule deer black bear uh, all that stuff um and then he fished a bunch too so he got me into it and then uh i was really really big into whitetail hunting up until about two years ago two and a half years ago i'd say uh the land that my old man owns uh he we manage it pretty hard we usually don't take a buck off of that land unless it's about two or uh, 150 inches typically um sometimes you know if you can misjudge deer on the hoof pretty easily so i mean i've seen some of the guys that hunt out there take smaller deer and we just say don't do it again but um up until about two and a half years ago whitetail kind of was very predominant in my life and um i just uh met a couple buddies in college uh over at uh, ndscs i was going for welding Mm. and uh they were like hey you know we're out of furry falls which is pretty much the goose mecca of yeah. you know the midwest in my opinion and um they're like we want to start a guide business and uh you're one of our best buddies like do you want to start it with us i was like sure absolutely and yeah. so, uh the job that i had at the time i quit and um just go full on head in the guiding waterfall hunts and uh, i just happened to meet the right people at the right time i'm uh, trevor bennett he's one of my best friends now yeah uh he- his wing too and um just i've just kind of immersed myself into the waterfall world i haven't sat in a deer stand in two and a half years now um i mean waterfalls predominantly taken over my whole entire life yeah so it's uh very interesting i never really i knew i always wanted to do some form of you know hunting for a living something outdoors i've never been one to be able to sit do the same thing over and over and over again and i mean what little kid doesn't want to you know be a hunting guide or be on a hunting show or something you know and so it's almost like a dream come true that uh um, i was lucky enough to meet some of the people that i have that have taken me under their wing and you know kind of put me into the position that i'm in to actually you know succeed and be something in the waterfall industry so i'm definitely very very lucky to be where i'm at right now that's for sure absolutely brother yeah no, i'm i'm with you on that i uh used to be pretty big into deer hunting would bow hunt a lot out of my parents place and then once i could drive and realize that i could hunt waterfall it was a game changer yeah game over yeah i agree like i don't know it's something about it it's so much more fun because you just get a bullshit around and don't have to fucking be quiet in a stand and whatnot uh, yeah i agree i mean I've shot two pretty big bucks with my bow, uh, which I shot one when I was 14 and I shot the other one when I was 15. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it was awesome. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but there's definitely no caring when you have a 20 pack of honkers just fully committed locked yeah. on foot bags you know, or coming to the pit lids. It's like, 
yeah, here they come and they're not going to change and wipe the block. Like, this is going to be awesome. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm with you on that. And how do you feel about uh, Fergus Fall closing down the plant? How do you think that's going to affect things? Yeah. Uh, it'll definitely be interesting. I mean, uh, we've got two other roofs right outside of town. Uh, yeah. We've got a house on Oscar. Um, and those two roofs, they hold, I mean, a couple thousand birds, each of them. Uh, so they'll be there. It'll be interesting to see, though, for the city. Um, I mean, we have that waterfall sanctuary right in there. Um, with that closing down, they don't have the warm water discharge to keep it open later. I mean, we have the levee and stuff. But uh, I don't think it'll change for about the first, like, two years, probably. Maybe the first year. Um, but I think after that, we're, we'll definitely see a decline in, uh, in geese coming in there. I, I personally think that. Uh, but I mean, the farmland out there, there's food, there's water, everything that they need. Yeah. Um, I mean, early season out there is not always the best. A lot of the guys that do guide out there go up towards Breckenridge, okay. um, hunt, and they do a lot of layout hunting just cause it is nice early season typically. Yeah. Um, but late season, it'll definitely be interesting to see how it all works out. If, you know, they keep coming back and, uh, keep using the same roost that they've mm-hmm. been using. So, I mean, we hunt over uh over by oscar quite a bit we've got a lease over there and um that was open up until the very last day of uh the north season yeah and then after that we just quickly jumped across 210 and went over there but we were hunting all the birds that were coming out of the city and uh if, if that city you know that levy and stuff closes up there's no birds to hunt coming out of the city yeah so it'll all all that hunting right out out of town there so it'll be interesting. I don't know. I know they, they're going to ban again this year in Fergus. They banned every four years. Um, they just slapped on the last. I think they it was either 1,000 or 4,000. I don't remember. Uh, the last of the uh, rivet bands from Manitoba. They're doing it this year, and then it's all done. Oh, wow. uh, the Or it's all done. Um, so that'll be interesting. Uh, it's just a rivet and a stainless. Yep. So but that's like what people come to Fergus Falls to shoot is the, mm-hmm. the rivet, the stainless. That's what they want. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely a hot spot for hunters, I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, when we, when we opened up our books, we had a bunch of people contacting us right away. Oh, I, so, I mean, it, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it affects everything for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to some guys thinking like, God, if a couple of guide services went together and just threw a couple ice eaters out there in that, uh, yeah. pond and just said, fuck it, let's just keep it rolling. Yeah, it would be interesting. I mean, I don't know. The DNR is so so touch and go with that type of stuff. Like, yeah. um, you can if it's if it's a pond. The way that I was explaining to it is, if it's a pond on private land, you can't get a ice eater permit for it because technically, if I was to get into a helicopter yeah. and you know go out there and drop down in the water, it's the water is public, so you can't get it. If you're going to get an ice eater permit, it has to be a man-made pond that you dug by yourself with an excavator and flooded by yourself and everything else. Mm-hmm. Now it's probably like you built it. Yeah. But that's the way it's planned to me. So, I mean, I don't, I have no idea. It's, it's so touch and go sometimes. The, the DNR, I don't even really know. Sometimes I love them and 95% of the other time I kind of hate them yeah. around here. And because I mean, like with the fishing and stuff back on that topic, if you ask Minnesota DNR, there's no lake surgeon in the Ottertail River uh, system. Well, they stocked sturgeon in the Ottertail Lake yeah. for how many years? Well, that's the headwaters of the Ottertail River. If they're in there, 
when they spawn, they're going to go in the river. Yeah. They're off go find other lakes. So, I mean, and I know for a fact, when I was nine years old, going down and fishing on the Rush Lake spillway on the dam down there, we would see sturgeon. Yeah. And now we go down there and uh, we fish for suckers and we fish for walleyes and stuff down there when it all opens up and we catch sturgeon down there. But if you ask them, they're not in there. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if it's like arrogance kind of, or if they're just trying to, like, if it's a, I have no idea. It's, it's weird. You either love them or you hate them. It's kind of a love-hate relationship, obviously. A lot of our DNR yeah. officers around Minnesota are great guys. Um, yeah. There's one right out of Fergus. Uh, his name is, uh, what is it? I think it's Anderson. Um, and uh, he's a great guy uh, over by my old man's place. There's another one, Trisha Plouts. She's a great person, too. I mean, she rides horse with my mom. Yeah. Uh, then there's a couple younger guys that, you know, are just clean cut straight to the book. If they catch you with, you know, a walleye that's centimeter over what it's supposed to be, you're getting a ticket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's interesting. I don't know. Some of them are, you know, pretty lenient and then other ones are not. But yeah. it'll be interesting, like I said. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on the DNR topic in Minnesota. It's, yeah. It's so different, dude. Like Malak, how you can only keep one fish in May and then it's catch and release like basically the rest of the year is ridiculous. Yeah. Like it makes no sense at all. I don't get no. it. A lot of the regulations, in my opinion, I don't think they make any sense yeah. either, but you got to follow them for yeah. whatever reason. And even for like turkey hunting too, how we can only kill one turkey in Minnesota blows my mind. Yeah, well, you can kill, um, unless it's changed, I know you can kill one in the spring, and then they have that fall season well, where yeah. you can shoot a tom, shoot a tom in the hand, but nobody's going to do that. Everyone's out deer hunting. Yeah, like, so, at least give us two in the spring. Like, I don't I don't yeah, care I th- about turkey hunting in the fall. Like, if I'm going to do it, it's going to be after I'm done snow goose hunting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't turkey hunt in general, really. Yeah. I, mean, I might go out on a couple hunts with a couple of my buddies. But yeah, there's, I mean, around here, there's so many turkeys. Like if you go and get permission for a, from a farmer yeah, and they're, yeah, what do you want to hunt? And you're like, oh, I want to hunt turkeys. And they're like, okay, well, the only stipulation is if you kill one, you got to kill 10 of them. And I'm like, well, <laughs> we can't really do that. <laughs> but Yeah, dude, we were, so, I mean, it's, they just, they... yeah, like, dude, we were turkey hunting. Um, so I took my grandpa out on some land right behind his house. And, uh, like everybody in the neighborhood was like, kill them all. And I'm like, well, we can't really do that. <laughs> They're like, shoot the yeah. hand, shoot them all. Like <laughs> just fucking turkeys. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well, I wish I could. First hate turkeys. It's, it's so funny. They hate deer too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. We, we have a spot down in like Southeast Minnesota and, uh, we go down there. We have a turkey camp that we go for like a week. And then that's like all the turkey honey I do. But I was talking mm-hmm. with the landowner that lets us stay out there. He runs a bunch of cattle like through his property. He's like, well, something happened with the DNR where he like just got in a big feud with him and uh, was like, he's known this guy his whole life or whatever. And like he wanted to try to give him on a ticket that like he didn't even get in trouble for. So they had a yeah. big feud or whatever. So now he hates him to death. And he's like, fucking every every week or every month he calls him at least once and he's like these fucking deer off my land they're eating all the grass unless you want to figure out how to pay for them uh you got to figure this out yeah they hate them 
but that's just how it goes. Yeah, I agree. You got to deal with them. Yeah. So, I mean, I, uh, in the spring when you're planting and stuff, if you're a farmer, you can get a permit, like for Canada geese, you can get yeah. a permit to shoot off your crops. Yeah. And I'm sure I know down and, uh, or out in like uh, South Dakota, uh, out there you can get a land, like a landowner's permit and you can shoot like 15 deer or something like that. Really? I mean, and then you can take them any way you want. You can take them over a light at night, like an infrared light, yeah. or you can shoot them over a feeder or you can shoot them with a bow, shoot them with a rifle. I mean, shoot them out your truck window. I mean, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, just kill them. That's yeah. Pretty much it. Yeah. Cause I heard about that. They give like, I mean, you can buy like a, the goose permit or whatever, and you get like, you get to kill like 100 geese or something. Yep. Yeah. And, and I think the only stipulation is you can't touch them. You got to leave them lay or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it's something, something weird like that. I could be wrong, but uh, like at my sister's graduation party yesterday, I was talking with a couple of the guys uh, that are farmers around here. And uh, the one guy, he had his permit, I'm pretty sure, from what he was saying. And uh, he said that they just shoot them and they just leave them lay and they just come under. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. I mean, I don't really blame them. I'm, yeah. <laughs> they don't really general, but <laughs> yeah, they are. There's something else. I like to just get mine all made in jerky. I can't eat them. Yeah, that's what we do. Like, uh, one of my best friends from high school, Matthias Breyer is his name. Uh, he just bought a locker plant down in Starbucks, Minnesota. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, I just gave him all my stuff, have him make it into jerky. Yep. <laughs> so, oh, exactly. I was talking to, uh, Charlie Somerville from up in Alaska. Yep, and, yep, I know. Yeah, and so we were talking about he's got a recipe that it's like you put them in a crock pot for like 24 hours and then you put it on low with a pot of coffee and it takes out oh. like all like the gaminess and everything and then pour that out after like 24 hours and then leave it in the crock pot on low again for like seven hours just with barbecue sauce. And then it's just really? like pulled pork. Huh. See, I've heard where you put it in like a pressure cooker. And uh, we've always done it where we'll do like three or four breasts. Yeah. And then we do like four kinds of bush light. And then a thing of barbecue sauce. And we just make sure that they're totally submerged. Yeah. And we put them in there for the whole day. And then it's the same thing. They're just like pulled pork. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to try that. Cause I, I'm just not a big fan of geese just by itself. Ah, <laughs> just... uh, they definitely got to cook them right or you just cook them just like a steak medium rare yeah. and a load of barbecue sauce <laughs> on them and you... just soak them in whatever sauce you got <laughs> actually just don't know the flavor yeah dude i hear you on that but what else you got going on for the offseason while you're waiting on that next uh goose shoot well actually so uh this thursday uh three days on june 10th uh, i leave up to uh anchorage alaska and then uh, hmm. from there, I fish up to King Salmon, Alaska, and uh, fish out in Bristol Bay. I'm a commercial salmon fisherman okay. uh, with Jack Nelson, uh, Charlie's head guy. Yeah. Um, so I've known, I've known Jack since uh, I was like 15 or 16 years old in high school. And um, we go up there. I'm up there on a boat from, uh, I think we leave like June 13th this year. And uh, I don't come back till like July 28th or the first week of August. Oh, wow. So pretty much that whole time we're on a boat. Like last year when I was up there, I was on a boat for 68 days on a boat, living with three dudes, uh, delivering to like uh, we delivered to the Time Bandit, Far West Leader, uh, off of Deadliest Cash. We delivered to a couple different dredgers up there. 
um, a couple different, I mean, just a bunch of different ships. Yeah. Uh, they take from us. So, but uh, we're working like in the very first couple weeks of doing it, we're working like 10, 12 hour days, uh, maybe a six hour day here and there. Uh, but then once they get enough escapement up the rivers, which are just salmon going across, you know, they lay down these white mats and they have a guy up at the tower with a clicker and they count every individual salmon as they swim up. Wow. And once they hit the that they, you know, they need for escapement, that'll give them a good hat. They open it up 24 seven. Okay. We're fishing like 19 hours a day, pretty much. Jeez. How many salmon so. are you pulling in a day on? Oh, it depends. Like, if you really get into them, uh, you can pull in anywhere from like sixteen thousand to twelve thousand pounds a day. Jeez. So, on, like a bad day, you can pull in a couple hundred pounds, or you can pull in like two thousand pounds. Like in the very beginning of the season, that's pretty common for guys to only catch like nine hundred pounds, two thousand pounds a day. Uh, once you get later into the season, they start running really hard. Uh, it's pretty common to catch like ten thousand pounds a day. Wow. So we're dragging like a 900 foot long gill net behind our boat, though. So yeah. I mean, we're we're pulling quite a quite a bit of surface area for them to run into. Yeah, no. So bring them over. Uh, we got a hydraulic drum that we pull them into, and we just pick them out of the net. We got brailler bags underneath the deck of the boat, and we just shuffle them in there, rip the gills out, shove them in there, and then they go. And then after we're done fishing, we go deliver them off every night. So, yeah. dude, that's pretty intense. That's yeah, it's it's a, it's a good time. See a lot of cool stuff yeah up there seen whales blue whales uh intercoastal brown bears walruses seals uh, i know jack and they caught a shark last year up there like all kinds of crazy stuff wow that's insane yeah it's 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 a very interesting lifestyle i'd say up there it's cool so oh i can imagine yeah living on a boat for 68 days that'd be that'd be interesting yeah, and it's it never truly gets dark up there. It's like twenty one hours or twenty hours of daylight, and then it's like one big four hour long sunset, and then the sun just comes back up. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, yeah, that's intense. That'd be that'd be something else. I bet I bet the other guys could get on your nerves after a couple of days. No, on, it's actually on the boat. It's, it's actually pretty good. So uh, the one guy that we work with is uh, or that I work with on my boat is uh, Ryan Hiskey from Southern Ferry. Okay, and. Yeah for the first time last year and man he's a hoot i love ryan he's super cool dude just funnier than hell yeah Uh, i mean he i think he's like 26 i think maybe 25 a little bit older than i am but i mean he's he's funnier than hell man i love that kid yeah when you guys go out for the trips like that do you just pack all your food in for that entire trip or do you like go back to town every once in a while no uh so like uh like i was saying when we go to like the time bandit and stuff like that uh so we get all of our fresh water from them all of our diesel fuel uh we get all of our groceries from them pretty much whatever yeah so and then they say if you have like something that you can't get up there like if you want sour patch kids or if you want chocolate covered raisins whatever the hell it may be yeah. they say just add up with you okay. so that you have it there or whatever yeah so that seems pretty yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, that'd be a cool way to do it. I mean, just being on the water nonstop. Yeah, it's summer. Yeah, it's definitely cool up there. It's I only got seasick one time last year, and it was in like raining sideways, like forty mile an hour winds. It was yeah. just rough. Yeah. So, 
woke up, rolled out of my bunk, drank a cup of coffee, and I was like, yep, I don't feel good. This is going to come right back up. Walked outside and puked. <laughs> yeah, dude. The big, big water like that for me, I can get seasick kind of easy, but not, yeah. not super bad. Just got to grind through it. Yeah, that's that's exactly. Like it's just a, a mindset in my my mind. Just like I, when I wrestled in high school, yeah, uh, tell myself like if I was tired, like this is just a mindset right now. Like yeah. you're not, you might think you're tired, but you're not tired. It's yeah. same deal. There, same deal with guiding. Like it's just a mindset. Like yeah, okay, I might be tired, but I'm not tired. I'm just gonna keep doing this. Yeah. So, oh, I'm that's that's that. you just gotta have a good mindset going up into there. And, Know, thinking like all right this is what's gonna happen this is how i'm gonna do it and i'm not gonna do it any other way yeah you know just i was the grindstone and go yeah oh yeah no i hear you i saw saw this funny meme about like mindsets and it was like you need to take a shit when you're out in the boat it's like well first stop you can stop by the beach take a shit out there or it's just 90 percent mental to so grow up yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like yeah dude that's that's 100 true Half the shit you do is just 90% mental. Yeah, 100%. Everything's a big mental game. Oh, yeah, big time. You think Canada's going to open this year? Man, I really hope so. So I just got off the phone with uh, TJ Mallet from uh, Black Duck a couple days ago. And uh, I've been reading a little bit about it. And uh, he was kind of telling me about it. Apparently, we're going to hear on June 22nd if it's going to open up or not. Mm. Uh, I mean, with all the mask mandates and, I mean, them canceling, like, vaccination cards and stuff like that. Uh, I would really think so. Like, yeah. uh, full reasoning to think that they would open up the border. Uh, ex- like I said, especially with everything being canceled, like taking taking away all the mandates and stuff like that. I really, really think that they're going to open it up. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm too hopeful for it, but that's just my mindset on it. Yeah. Cause when I was talking to Ryan Bassham about it, he was kind of discussing on, the people that he's talked to think like they if they were gonna open it up, they'd open it up after like August once their tourist yeah. season kind of ends, and so mm-hmm. then they won't have that many people coming in. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's what they. That's what he was kind of talking about, though. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that too. I mean, obviously in the summer you're gonna have more people traveling. I yeah. definitely. I mean, that would make perfect sense to me. Yeah. I mean, keeping you know, that X amount of people out of there during that time duration and then opening it up when it's cold. So people don't want to yeah. go up there. Yeah. And then so just I, have, yeah. I don't know. Just have people slowly come in once it's the colder weather. I mean, you're not going to have those yeah. big groups of travelers unless you're a waterfall yeah. hunter or a yeah, hunter. A fish, uh, fishing yeah. up there. Yeah. So yeah, I could definitely see that. That makes total sense in my mind. So I could definitely believe that as well. Yeah. And then when do you guys start guiding for dirty birds? Uh, in August, uh, North Dakota. Okay. So if Canada does open, what would be your plan then? Well, as of now, I have full intentions of going to Canada right now. Um, Dirty Bird, they've always treated me super, super well. The owner, Matt, yeah. he's helped me helped me out in multiple, multiple ways. But uh, the money is definitely uh, up in Canada. Yeah. Uh, I haven't talked to Matt about it yet. So, who knows? I mean, definitely could be an option where Matt's like, well, they're going to pay you X amount of dollars. I'll pay you this amount of dollars. Like, what do you yeah. say to that? I mean, I definitely would go to wherever the money's at, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. but I know, uh, like I said, Dirty Bird, they're, they're my first love, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, I love those guys. Matt, their own, the owner, Dirty Bird, he is a phenomenal dude. He's awesome. Awesome to work for. Just a, just a true badass dude. Yeah. You know, super gentle, super cool. So, yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, I mean, so if you were guiding up in Canada, would you just go till like October then? Uh, I think what TJ told me we're up there for 60 days. Um, so two months roughly. And then I think from there, probably either go back down to North Dakota or uh, South Dakota, or it's Trevor's working on a deal for me right now. Uh, it's a possibility I might go down to Texas with him or some, something like that. So okay. uh, we'll definitely, uh, definitely going to play that by ear pretty much. So. Yeah. Have you ever hunted down in Texas before? No, I actually haven't. Most of my family down in Texas, so I've been down there. Yeah. Uh, but I've never, never hunted down there. So. Yeah, dude, it's fucking wild. That's that's what I've heard from every single person that's ever told me. I, I mean, I've I've heard it's like nothing you've ever experienced in your life. Yeah, it's fucking insane, dude. Like, just the weather down there that they have, and why there's geese there. I don't know. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard that from a lot of people. There's like. Yeah, there probably shouldn't be geese here, but there's thousands. Yeah, dude, it's literally a fucking wasteland down there. Like, just yeah, rise ever, nothing around. You got your fucking random field and whatnot. But yeah, I don't know why they like to be down there. The funny thing is down there too. Like the ducks, the ducks will just feed in the cattle. Um, in the big, what are you calling the cattle? Yeah, just the huge cattle lot. They'll just have like, yeah, just like hundred and hundred the ducks in there. Just landing just like, like right on top of cattle. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> like it's just a just a weird environment. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I've never. I mean, we don't see that up here no. <laughs> like ever. I yeah. mean, you got those. You have the ponds of cattle. Uh, the cattle lots stuff like that. There's ducks and geese and shit in there, but they're yeah. never up up with cattle. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, I saw that for the first time when I went down there, and I was just like, "What is going on?" And Toby's like, "Yeah." They just run in there with the cattle and just eat eat all the feed out of there and everything like that, and they never leave. That's fucking that's insane, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a cool environment though. And then how yeah. was uh how was Arkansas? It was definitely a, a cool experience, man. I'm I mean, I loved it down there. Uh there's quite a few people that just told me like again, it's it's a mental game, you know, don't wear yourself out. Yeah. But uh, I loved it down there. I mean, it was uh, just a grind. Um, muddy, snowy, ne- like negative digits, but yeah. up, <laughs> colder than up north. I was like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? I've never had frostbite in my life. And uh, I got frostbite on both my middle fingers when yeah. I was down there. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I'm from Minnesota. This is not supposed to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, it was cool. I mean, it's definitely. It's awesome to always go somewhere new and learn, you know, about kind of landscape and how the hunting goes. I mean, I got to go and help out on a couple of speckle boy hunts before, uh, before conservation season opened up with a couple of guys. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, insane, like speckle bellies out North are like smart. They stay away from decoys. Like they know what the hell is going on. Yeah. And then all of a sudden down there, you throw out 15 dozen speckle belly silhouettes and you throw out like, a thousand snow goose rags you lay in the snow goose rags and they're just like oh there's there's other birds down there I'm go there and you just rip them apart day after day after day we shot 
a 17 man, a 15 man, and then another 17 man. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, it's this easy? Like, it's just mind-blowing. They they shot, like, 300-something birds out of the same field in, like, two weeks or three weeks or something like that. Oh, my God. I was like, just, like, ungodly. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. I wonder why that is. I wonder why they're just easier down there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that they just like a switch flips in their head where it's like, oh, we're safe down here. And then they're not. (laughs) It's it's cool. Yeah, man. I mean, I I loved it down there. It was it was great. I have full intentions of going back every year up until I can't go back there again. So yeah, Yeah, uh, I I mean, just like with everything else, I mean, it seems like everywhere that I go, uh, as I get older, I get getting more opportunities to, you know, kind of expand my horizons in the outdoor industry it's like you know like let's say i go up to canada and absolutely love it or i go down to texas and absolutely hate it or whatever you know it's like yeah. i'm always glad that I experience to go somewhere and but it's i, I never hate going anywhere it's like yeah. every time i like god this is so cool and this is so cool and then i'm down in texas or whatever I'm like this is badass now i'm in arkansas or whatever and i'm like this is badass too and yeah. like never want to stop doing this this is awesome <laughs> Dude, I'm with you on that. Something about traveling to just different spots. So yeah. cool. And it's like it's, spots that, spots and things you see while you do it, like as a hunter, nobody else would like be able to see in their lifetime. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just like you get to experience some of the most badass moments, you know, build up these amazing memories with these guys that, you know, are going to be your friends for forever now yeah and it's this is this one i've had a hundred different hunts like just exactly like this before but this one hunt right here is going to stick in my mind for forever yeah because you know i'm in arkansas or whatever i'm in texas and you know we just had a whole entire volley of you know like whole juvies sit down right on our face and it's like yeah i've done that and you know the dakotas and stuff and it's cool it's always badass like and it's happening like this this is fucking sweet yeah makes, so. a, makes a grown man giggle is what i would say oh yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. i'll never forget um this year when we we're all down in arkansas i took a week off went down to texas visited some of my family and then i came back up and uh, i met up with calvin bjornson yeah and uh, went out to south dakota and i invited one of my buddies reed nace is his name and uh brought him out there and they had just gotten done they're the typical jump shooters they yeah. don't own any decoys they just go and jump them yeah <laughs> came off of a weekend they shot it was like 900 and like 87 nogis that they jumped and shot and uh, they had like 13 guys or something like that yeah shot five bands and he's like i don't know man like just decoy hunting if it's nothing like jumping i'm just like i'm not gonna like it or whatever i'm like well it, i mean it gets boring at times like when they do it right they do it right it's nothing like it yeah and we were hunting this little like loaf pond with Calvin. I mean, it wasn't even like a super fantastic hunt, but we got a couple of groups to just, you know, smaller groups to just do it right. Yeah. And he flying next to me and he was like shaking my blind. He's like, dude, Charlie, Charlie, it's happening, man. It's happening, man. And I was like, I know, I know what's happening. This is really nothing, but like, I get why you're excited. Yeah. He's like, yeah, dude, this is, this is way more badass than, you know, jumping them. He's yeah. like, this is like, they're actually, they have no idea that we're here and they're just doing it filthy. I'm like, yeah, it's no geese. When they do it right, they do it right. It's oh, badass. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he's like, yeah, this was 
like I might have just came off and shooting almost a thousand birds, but like we killed like thirty something or forty something birds that whole weekend. I mean, it was hot yeah. and hitting the tail end of them. We were hunting just a small uh little group of juvies and adult non breeders. Yeah. And uh I mean, we only shot like twenty or thirty birds or forty birds, whatever it may be. And I mean, everybody there was just having a blast. I mean, we were just with the right guys. It was just a badass time. Yeah. So and he's like, yeah, dude, I, this was way more fun than jumping those snow geese. He's yeah. like, this, like, it's almost like personal, you know, oh, like, yeah. I don't know. I have a love hate relationship with all waterfall. Like everything, when it comes to waterfall, <laughs> it's always personal. Like there's eating in this field and one day they don't come back. I'm like, those fucking tricks, man. Like, what the fuck? And then everything after that, it's like, every time I pull a trigger, like that's that one time that you guys didn't come back to that fucking field. Yep. Oh yeah, dude. So, yeah, I mean it's just decoy hunting so much more personal, especially with snow geese. I mean, like you get them to do it right, they do it right. It's it's badass. Yeah. Oh, big time. See that? That's what I love about waterfowl hunting too. It's just like the revenge piece of it. They oh yeah. Fuck you over and fuck you over again, and <laughs> it's just like I'm gonna yeah, go one- kick your ass. <laughs> uh dude. Because yeah, there. I mean, if you don't get your ass handed to you a few times, you're not waterfowl hunting. Yeah, that's definitely true. That's definitely true. Like, I always tell people, like, with snowbees something, they're like, well, how is it, like, how is it fun, you know? Like, you guys are getting up so early and setting all these thousands of decoys or whatever, and I'm like, well, you know, we might get our asses kicked six out of ten times, seven out of ten times, but it's those, like, four to three times that we just wipe the ground with their ass that yeah. keeps us coming back. Like, we just beat the hell out of them from under the ground like that that's what keeps you coming back you know it's just just enough to keep you pissed off at them you know stay <laughs> at them so. stay mad at them yeah dude i i hear you on that you just gotta just gotta love every minute of it and like oh yeah dude the it's thing so, for snow goose so far. is too like everyone thinks you need to go shoot big piles but then you like dude if you shoot 30 snows and if you thought about 30 honkers like that's a smash of a day. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, that's the biggest thing that I try to explain to people and, like, all of us guides do. You know, you can Google spring conservation snow geese hunt, type it on YouTube. First thing that will come up, Tony Vandermore. Yeah. Just piling <laughs> fucking snow geese. And they're like, oh, man, look, like, we have 13 shells in our gun. We should do, like, a 200, you know, snow geese today. And it's like, no, nah, dude, that's that's not quite what it is, like. If we shoot 20 birds a day, that's that's damn good. We shoot 30 birds, that's pretty damn good. Especially yeah. if they're, like, if you decoys 30 adults, that's like shooting 100 juvies. Oh, yeah. And, like, yeah, you get those days, you know, that happen every once in a while. Well, you just shoot a pile of, you shoot over 100 birds. And, like, those are the days that obviously everybody wants to have. Yeah. But it doesn't always happen like that, which is why it's, you know, hunting, obviously. But, like, I just try to tell people, like, don't expect, you know, these massive piles because that's not how it is all the time. It's just like the media and everything right now, everything yeah. that's portrayed. It's it's not what it's portrayed to be for, like, social media and stuff. Like, these social media heroes, like, I'm not even going to say any names, yeah. but I already know who I'm on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> go out and do it. No, you by themselves. And I'm like, fuck, man. You should, where the fuck do you do that? And it's like, fuck, dude. Like, all these social media warriors are out there, you know, like, 
posting, trying to get out on the gram. Oh, yeah. And it's like, fuck, man. Like, you have no idea what the hell is going on. Like, you have not grinded one day in your life. And yeah. you never, because social media fucking extravaganza. Yeah. And all you are. That's all you ever will be. Oh, yeah. And that's, it's just, that's not how it is. It never will be like that. Like, if you want to find out what a true grinder is, like, Trevor Bennett, he might have, like, 28,000 followers on Instagram or whatever. That kid fucking grinds. Yeah. Like, I've never grinded. Like, we grind up north of and stuff like that. Like, I thought that we grinded. Yeah. And worked our asses off. Like, we're being 18, 19 years old. We were, like, putting the work in. Yeah. And uh, I met Trevor this year, and we, like, we grinded. Like, I have a total different mentality on bird hunting from him. Yeah. And, like, you just got to go, 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 go. When you don't stop, you yeah. don't stop until you're gonna rock it until the damn wheels fall off. That's just how it is every time. Oh yeah, exactly, dude. I'm, oh. I'm just thankful for the guys that grind like that. Because <laughs> I mean, yeah. like for me, like we hunt hard, but like that's just a whole nother level of hunting. Oh hard. yeah, 100, man. Like I thought that I grinded until like I knew that there were other people that. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's there's always going to be that other person that shoots more birds than you or, yeah. you know, has the better leases or whatever it may be. But like, if you're grinding, you're grinding, everyone's hunting, you know, but there's definitely different levels to it. 100%. And yeah. like Trevor and them guys, like, I'm glad that I'm finally at that level with them. Like it's been my dream my whole entire life to, you know, step into the leagues, with the big dogs. Now I'm here with them. And it's just opened my eyes. Like, holy shit like we really like there's grinding and then there's grinding <laughs> and we are grinding right now yeah like it's a whole different level dude that's that's the thing with social media dude fucking people can post up so much oh Act yeah like there's such a big deal because they have such a huge fucking following but you look yeah. at like the guy like obviously there's guys that have a ton of followers that absolutely fucking grind like Trevor, oh, like, yeah. he has twenty eight thousand, whatever it is but like yeah you go to like the smaller pages of the guys that have like only a couple, like maybe a thousand or a couple hundred or whatever. And it's yep. just like those guys fucking, they don't post about it, but they're fucking out there grinding. Oh, exactly. There's a whole, like, obviously you want to promote shit for like your, whatever guide business you're working for, you want to promote. And it's all the better if you have the background, you know, like backbone, whatever it may be too, like, post something and more people are going to see it obviously yeah. that like that's a good thing yeah but the, the people that just don't say anything they don't post anything and just keep the nose of the grindstone all of a sudden you meet them someday like you meet them one day in a bar whatever you know meet meet some joe blow and you're like oh yeah i got this this oh yeah i got it for that and that like oh i've never heard of him oh yeah we're here and all of a sudden he's firing through hundred <laughs> pictures of just fucking dead birds everywhere and it's like holy shit how did i not know who you were and he's like oh i'm not really big on social media or whatever and it's like yeah that's season right there yeah like there's so many so many different people like that which is power to them i mean social media is such a front in my opinion yeah there's so many keyboard warriors out there that are just unreal in my opinion it's crazy how you can literally become a whole entire different person just because of social media like yeah. put on this big front of somebody that you're not yeah you know oh it's just it's unreal it's unreal my opinion yeah i mean social media is a curse and a blessing in itself oh yeah 100 
Because, I mean, like we were saying, dude, there are so many people out there that just try to flaunt off whatever they have, and they don't. Yep. It's just all of It's all guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it just it isn't real. Like, I don't yeah. know, dude. That's just, like, don't act like you do something that you don't, or, like, don't yeah. try to. Don't try and portray yourself as something you're not, which happens. Almost ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pathetic in my opinion. It's super pathetic. Yeah. So you just love to see it when people take somebody out and then they go back to the same spot and they can't do the same thing that you do. <laughs> yeah, dude. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> claim to be especially on social media. And you claim to be this big bad, you know, hunter, this huntress, whatever. <laughs> you go out there with whatever. Maybe and you can't eyes on something like fuck, man. <laughs> oh well, yeah. Travel across the country, do and you can't do it. Yeah, that's, yeah. Travel across, you shit the bed. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. It's it's all fun. Oh my god, it's just something about social. Dude, there's so many just blown up topics on social media and everyone gets so buttered oh, about yeah. everything dude yeah though i mean that's just like with uh with cadillac creek this year um the internet scouting going on oh yeah like they're posting pictures and shit and i don't i don't know the whole entire backstory behind it but uh they're posting pictures and obviously somebody found out where the hell they were at went over and fucked something up for them yeah so that's that's another curse right there. Like, it's awesome to be able to broadcast that you have a platform where you can broadcast the fact that you're smashing birds. Yeah. Um, bad that, you know, you shouldn't have to blur out the background of a picture. You shouldn't have to worry about somebody going into your area yeah. and fucking something up or you, especially if you're running clients that are paying a lot of money to hunt yeah. with you. And all of a sudden there's some Joe blow right there. And like, Oh yeah, I see the background picture on here. That's yeah. like, that's not how it should be. Like you didn't put, you put zero work and effort into being here other than looking at a picture and you're like, Oh, I know where that's at. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I mean, when I was down there with him and we talked about like some other stuff and it's just like, there's, there's some people out there that like think they're just like the hottest shit ever. And they're yep. like, you, like they'll text Toby, like get the fuck out of my area. Da, 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 da. Toby's like, dude, nobody owns like whatever, like, if you can't find them on your own, like that's that's your problem, not mine. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's everywhere. I mean, like if you can't find birds or you can't kill birds, like that's your own damn problem. Yeah. Like huge, huge thing over in Fergus Falls, man. Like I'm not I won't get into any details because I do like a lot of the guys that hunt over in Fergus. I got a lot of respect for a lot of the guys over there. And then there's some guys over there that I have no respect for. Yeah. Um uh, there's just some guys that said some stuff to us at one point when we first started our business and they were like, well, you're undercutting our prices because you're only charging a hundred dollars a hunt and this and that. And I was like, maybe try not stripping bands from people. Maybe yeah. try $150 from for fucking people. Like, come on, dude. like there's so much more than just money in this. Like there's etiquette and reputability and all this other stuff that you don't have. Like just the fact that you have these hunting spots, you know, that doesn't make you a good hunter. Yeah. Like it, and then it is what it is. Like, I, I don't care, obviously. And it's just the fact that like when we were first starting out, 
He's like, you guys are nothing but a bunch of college punks and this and that. And I was like, yeah. dude, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, he, I, I have, first off, like, I I don't care what you yeah. have to say about me. The grown-ass man, like, fucking 28 years old talking to an 18-year-old kid. I was like, yeah. dude, first, I don't care who the hell you are. Like, you're not going to stop me from hunting. And he's like, well, why don't you go hunt back where you're from? Why do you have to come here? It's like, dude. You guys are the one that blasted the shit out of Fergus Falls. Come shoot a band in Fergus Falls. Yeah. And it's like, that's what attracts everybody there. Like, I've been hunting in that area since I was, like, 16 yeah. with my buddies. And they're just like, yeah, let's start a guy's business. I'm like, all right, done. Done deal. Yeah. And then popped up. He was pissed off about it. And I'm sure he's over it by now. Whatever. You know? uh, <laughs> it's just, it was just, at the moment, it was like, fuck, man. Like, you don't got to be that big of a douche about stuff. Like, come on. Yeah. Oh, dude. I'm especially on that. Especially like if if you think we're undercutting your prices or whatever, like we're just starting out. Like yeah. we're not we're not gonna charge two hundred and fifty dollars to come in a pit. Like yeah. <laughs> what we're gonna do. And uh it it just ended up kind of fizzling away into nothing being whatever, but like at the moment I was like, What the hell, dude? Like this is just ridiculous. Like this is gonna be the demise of the hunting community in itself is oh people like that think that they're so on top of the world their shit don't stink and whatever whatever it may be <laughs> and they talk like that like and the worst part about it is like if i left minnesota which i have and i talked to other people other guide services yeah. they have no idea what the fuck they are like they have mm-hmm. zero are back home because they have this one guide service in minnesota and it's like yeah that okay you're a small dot you're a small fish in a huge ocean with a lot of other fish. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> it was just funny. The one thing that always stuck in my mind that he said to me was, you'll never make a living off of waterfall hunting. It, it's not a profitable uh, thing to go into. And like, I was like, that's bullshit. That's 100% bullshit. And you don't want to know what that, that just like put, put into my mind. Like, you know, I'm going to prove this fucker wrong. Yep. And now here I am working for a couple of the biggest, you know, companies in the industry. Yeah. And like, you're whatever, like you're a fish, you're a small little fucking China minnow. Yeah. I'm a walleye right now. And that's how it's going to be. Like, uh, oh, I would I, just like, whatever. It's just, it is what it is, obviously. But I just, I, that just fueled my fire and, you know, and kind of become who I wanted to be. Just push a little harder, I guess. But yeah, dude, was, I'm, I'm with you on that. We, dude, I came down. So I started going to school down here in Mankato this past fall. And I came down, I was scouting some areas up. Some guy saw my truck and he fucking like shoots me a DM on Instagram. He's like, stay the fuck out of my area. Like, you shouldn't be around here. I'm like, all right, dude, sweet. I'm going to go fucking ask on every field there is around here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's. It's so, I mean, it's one thing like if people are being like, if people are originally like, they're just some jerk off to you yeah. in the first place. All right. Well, I have, if you're going to be some jerk off, to me, like, I don't, I don't care about you. I'm going to yeah. do anything. I can off like, fuck you then. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it was, it was funny. Like, uh, back to Fergus Falls. Uh, I've asked on this one piece of property. It's Gannon farms. And, um, you, there's three brothers and, uh, I've asked on their property. Multiple people ask on their property every year. Nobody can ever get onto it. Yeah. And, uh, Finally, this past summer, uh, one of my family friends that uh, friends of my mom, uh, her husband needed some help building a shop for him. So mm. I'm like, 
this is my way in right here. Yeah. Like I'm going to go to the farm. And I ended up building a relationship with a couple of the brothers and they're like, yeah, you guys come and hunt out here whenever you want. Like, just let me know. Give me a call. Yeah. He's like, you do whatever you want. He's like, but there's one person that we're not, that is not allowed out here because he's been out here before without our permission. And I was like, all right. He told me that like, you, you won't have to worry about me taking them all. Like, no, I don't like Oh, uh, so, dude, that's just that shit happens everywhere. I mean, it's just, yeah. and then people that do that, like, just ruin the opportunity for everybody else. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's that's one thing, especially like out in North Dakota, uh, with like uh, the access deal out there. Yeah. Like, if it's posted, you can go hunt or whatever. Like, be respectful about it. Don't go tear the fuck out of someone's field. Go run it all up. The farmer's going to come out there and be like, well, fuck this. Like, I'm not going to. I'm the fucking no trespassing sign in that ruins it for everybody. It's like, well, shit. Yeah. You know, just use a little bit of your brain. I mean, it doesn't take take much. Oh. Be like, hmm, this field's a little soft. I'll be sure and drive my pickup out here. <laughs> like, come on, guy. Uh, dude, just people don't think. That's just all that is. No. Thing. Or or they have the mentality of not mine, so I don't care. Oh, and like those are the people that haven't had to work for anything in their life. Their mommy and daddy pay for all their shit, and it's like, man, that is the farthest thing from what you should, the mentality you should have, especially as yeah. as a grown up as an adult. Yeah, like people pay, people work hard, pay their own damn money yeah. for their stuff. Like, be respectful, be a respectful human being. Yeah, not that hard. Just don't be a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, oh I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling that there's so many people out there that they just don't care about other people's stuff. Like, yeah. it's it's. And dude, we have the privilege to go out to North Dakota and do the access deal. Like, the least you could do is be respectful to other people's land. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the very minimum you could do. <laughs> yeah. I Pick mean, it's your shit and like it. I don't know, dude. It just blows my even like Minnesota, dude. Like, you get oh, permission, yeah. and like people try to run you off of spots or whatever it is, and it's just like, dude, have some like respect for each other. Like, yeah, build the community up better because fucking waterfall hunters, dude. Like, if you're in another person's area, we're a fucking bunch of mean bastards, man. <laughs> like, we're real people. Like, <laughs> I mean. I don't have a problem with younger guys and stuff like that. Like young kids, I love taking out young kids in Fergus. Yeah. We do hunts every year, and then we do a couple of veteran hunts every year when I'm there. And it's like that's that stuff's fun. Yeah. But it's it's one thing if like you know people are being disrespectful. Like you go set up on a lake or whatever. Like I don't hunt a ton of ducks ever really yeah. uh, home. Anyways, and uh, I mean it's one thing like when we were in high school if we'd go set up, and then all of a sudden that fucking daylight here comes going small. And they're fucking hundred dollar goddamn Walmart canoe that's bright orange, and they set up fifty yards away from you on the point. And it's like, dude, what the hell? Oh yeah, dude, it's it's something oh. else. It's just like if you're in somebody's area, it's a big fuck you. And then like if you're outside of their area, they'll be like, yeah, I could help you out. I could show you a few things, but that's about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree. And then for the people that just think they're the hottest shit ever. And they're like, yeah, you can't even hunt around here. I've been hunting around here my entire life. Da, da, da. All right. Sweet, yeah. Man. <laughs> yes. Definitely. I'm going to keep hunting around yeah. here. <laughs> like, two middle fingers to you, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for your backstory on you've been hunting around here. That's. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. Uh, but I don't know, dude. Like, 
I mean, even North Dakota, dude, like, that, we've ran into people out there, and it's like, yeah, no, we're already hunting here, like, fuck you. But then there's also guys that are just like, yeah, we can use a couple extra guys or be on a team yeah. on the field or something. Like, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah, like, uh, I think my favorite story that I have is uh, over in Fergus again. We were, very last day of season, we were setting up a, a nice setup, and we rolled up to our spot, and uh, there was already a truck parked there. And I'm like, holy shit, it's four in the morning, and these kids are already out here. Like, yeah. god damn. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, well, shit, like, where can we set up, whatever. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just go see how many people there are. So I rolled up to him, and uh, it was uh, Tony and Colton Strauss, the Strauss brothers. Um, and uh, I was like, hey, you know, like, we've got these guys that are hunting with us. I was like, how many guys do you got? And he's like, oh, it's just me and my brother. We were just going to do some band hunting. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I was like, well, we've got, like, 40 dozen sleeper shells, whatever. And I was like, we got six guys. It's like, big A-frame. We got heaters. Like, would you be down to hunt with us? And they're like, yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah. And hunted with them all day and i think we didn't shoot a single goose i don't think all day this flew this lunch line the shit out of and uh just sat there and bullshitted with them and tony and colton are some of like the coolest dudes around they ended up i talked to them a bunch learned a little bit about them they were competition college for malt gear and stuff yeah. and was a guide he was like 23 at the time or whatever 22 and uh colton his brother was my age and uh they were just super cool dudes but like them if they would have been like you know what fuck you or whatever and i was like all right and i guess yeah. but you know what all it takes like i said before all it takes is just to be a semi-decent human being yeah and be like yeah sure come on out oh exactly dude. so yeah i mean like one of my favorite things too like we were hunting over near like just east of like my hometown and then some guy that i've always seen on like social media that he kind of posts around Never really known him, but I've just, I've seen his posts. And then he was out there in that field and he like already set up like his entire spread basically. And it's like still fucking blackout. I was going to throw out like, I don't know, like 50 dozen silhouettes. It was just like a late season type deal. So it would only take us about like an hour, but he already threw out like his entire spread. And I'm like, well, fuck. So I went and talked to him and Alex was like, yeah, go on and hunt with us. We only have three guys out here right now. So. I only had like four guys with me and he's just like, yeah, fuck it. We'll just send it out here today. And, uh, now he's super good, dude. Super, uh, super fun to talk to and learn about a little bit. Yeah. You just can't yeah. complain. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's like always the best like situation, best scenario that you can get is you walk out there and they're like, yeah. So, and I mean, it's understandable if like you walk out there and they have, you know, eight people yeah. and you have four, like, yeah, we can't do it. And it's like, oh, all right, well, that, yeah. that's understandable. Yeah. But it's like, they have two or three guys and you've got two or three guys and like, yeah, no, fuck you. Like, well, all right. Then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. Like, dude, we had a, we had a hunt early season and like, we already set up everything ready to go. We had eight guys, guys come up at like fucking five minutes before shooting light. And I already have like all the A-frames and everything done. And I'm like, well, you, you guys would have showed up like maybe an hour earlier. We could have figured something out and like got everyone situated. Cause there was only like two guys. And I was like, yeah, I just, I just don't have the room. Like, I'm sorry, but like, it just doesn't work. And, uh, they're just like, fuck you. Whatever. You think you fucking run this whole fucking town? I'm like, nope. Didn't think like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just so weird, man. Like, there's no point in really getting pissed off about stuff like that, especially if you're late. Like, if you're yeah. late, you're late. Eat your beat. That's how yeah. it works. Yeah. 
He's like, you guys could have fucking slept out here the entire night, and I wouldn't give a shit. And I'm like, oh, got <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know, dude, because there's there is definitely a time and place where it's like, I just don't have room, or like I just can't fit you in. Like I want to, but like I just we already have everything set up, and like it's just not gonna work out today. Like I wish it would, but like I just can't. And there's yeah. all times where it's just like, yeah, fucking come on home with us. Like be great. Yeah, one hundred. Yeah, definitely. Totally, totally get what you're saying. Like, totally makes sense. I've been there too, so definitely, definitely know what you're saying. Yeah, no. I, I don't know. It's just, it's all fun. But, dude, I want to hear more about your Fergus Fall deal that you guys got going on up there. Okay, so, uh, well, we started that when we were like 18 years old, pretty much, uh, fresh out of college, fresh into college, actually. And um, we just kind of, I was at NDSCS. I was there for welding, played yeah. football, and, um, I met some guys that well, I met one dude, Dylan Tiberg, and uh, he just was like my instant best friend up in college. I literally have never met him before in my life. Played baseball against him my whole life, never knew him. Yeah. And um, met, we fished a bunch together, and then hunting season was around, and we're like, shit, let's do this or whatever. And he had two buddies that he was friends with from the year before from uh, from Fergus Falls, uh, in the at uh, the M State College there. And um, we just got together and we started pounding geese and we're like, dude, let's like advertise this. Like, let's get our LLC going and yeah. we'll get this set up. Let's do this. And so we had our LLC set up and we just started advertising hunts and <laughs> clients started pouring in. So, I mean, it was just like an instant, I wouldn't say an instant success, but it was an instant like motivator for us yeah. to, you know, elevate our hunting yeah. and just do, so, I mean, uh, Ethan Lundebreck is his name. He's my roommate right now. Uh, he was the one, uh, him and Danny Lenars, they're both my roommates right now, but uh, they were the ones that kind of like had the idea going in their head. And uh, he and Dylan were just like, yeah, like let's send this, let's do it. Yeah. And went and got our, got our paperwork shit figured out. And we're like, all right, start booking hunts. Yep. And just, it just took off. And I mean, we, they, we'd take out like, three or four people or three or four groups a week or something like that or a weekend and yeah. you know just and it was it was awesome and then uh that is kind of what just kind of like started ball rolling for everything else in my opinion yeah so yeah it's definitely a, it's definitely a cool cool town it's it's a badass place to hunt that's for sure yeah and you were saying that you had some great success early um what kind of made that what made you so successful at that point on booking hunts so early in your career on the guy i would say just the fact like fergus falls holds this persona uh i would say that it is just like the town to be in yeah. for geese like if you're a waterfall hunter when you hear the words fergus falls automatically think of geese yeah oh, like yeah. so people come from all over like we've got people from iowa we've got people from texas come on come with us and uh they, they when they hear it when they hear it they just think of geese they're like yeah. there's shitload of birds there and they want to come there and they want to smash birds yeah and i mean that's that's what we do when we're there like we smash honkers oh yeah so it's just like i said just uh it's like a, a legend almost like a local legend that you hear of and it just kind of travels with the wind around and people hear about it and they want it's one of those deals where like i want to hunt in fergus falls and yeah. that's pretty what happened so yeah yeah, I, I hear you on that. I mean, that's how 
like Rochester's still pretty big, but I yeah. feel like everyone's just switched to Fergus. Like if you're gonna come goose hunt, Fergus Fergus Falls is just the spot. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like Scott trying to small deer. He yeah, I know he hunts around Rochester and stuff like that. Um, but he comes out and he hunts up in Fergus quite a bit now. Yeah. Like, uh there's all the Mulligan guys, almost all of them yeah. hunting. I mean, almost none of them hunt down by Roch, unless like uh Mike Hewlett and the guys they hunt down by Roch and stuff like that. Um, but almost all of, all the other ones they come up to Fergus to hunt. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, I mean, over the past few years it's just been put on blast so hard. Oh, and one hundred percent like Joe Hines yep. uh being there, huge following, huge following. Yeah. Um and uh Joe's a super cool guy. I I uh I've talked to Joe a couple times. He uh he slid in my DMs not that long ago about um uh the whole entire uh fake it till you make it deal. <laughs> and uh, he was all for it and uh I just talked to him. He's he's badass, uh yeah. he's super fun. Um so uh but yeah, that's one of the guys that's like huge following. Once Fergus Falls, he's gonna attract more people. Yeah. So it's uh he's like one of the biggest guys, I would say biggest guys, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh with uh, you know, social media following that uh hunts and stuff around there. So he definitely pulls in quite a bit of quite a bit of people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, throughout the entire season he's posting about Fergus Falls. You come up and oh, yeah. Fergus Falls. I mean, that's been a huge marketing thing for feet down. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Like, if they if they didn't have Joe to be posting on that, like that that's a I bet he brings in a lot of fucking clientele for them. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, I like a couple of the feet down guys. Uh, Noah Fletcher, he's badass dude. He's the one I've been ball fishing with quite a bit. Uh, yeah. Josh, he's super cool. Lane Rutten, he's super cool. Yeah. Uh, Joe. He's super cool. Uh, I don't really know a bunch of the other guys. I know Connor and Trent. Don't really care for Connor or Trent. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> but uh, like I said, um, they're kind of just it is what it is up there. They definitely uh, Joe has helped them a bunch. I think personally. Yeah. And the yeah. other company up there. There's two other companies. Uh, Pit Properties. Peter Krog. He's the owner of Pit Properties. He's badass. Yeah. Uh, if like if you ever want to go to Fergus Falls, hunt out of a nice, nice ass pit. Yeah. and be with people that know what they're doing and stuff like that. Peter with Pit Properties, 100%. Uh, and then there's uh, Dave Reese with uh, R&B. Uh, he's got some good pits, too. Uh, Dylan Teberg, um, it's his cousin, Brandon Teberg, uh, does a little bit of work for Dave, and Dave's a super good guy. Uh, he's got some really nice pits, too, some very good locations. Uh, those are definitely Pit Properties and uh, R&B are definitely the two top-notch out of Fergus, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, are you guys running out of pits for your guide service? Uh, we haven't. Uh, we brought, well, I've hunted out of pits quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, up there, um, we ran just a couple buddy hunts out of pits uh, here, um, and then we've got uh four leases right now, and we typically just run out of a frames and stuff out of there. So do a lot of edging and stuff like that. But um, we we're working on right now, uh, right over by uh. Oscar, uh, we're working on a lease. We have it leased up already, and uh, we're just putting in a kind of a little bit of final motion to uh, put a pit in over there. We're probably putting in a 12 man over there. Wow. So that's badass. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Um, 
even if it doesn't want a big one, we'll probably only go with like maybe a seven man or eight man. Yeah. But uh, our my hope is for a twelve man. So yeah, that'd be ideal. I mean, how yeah. Many, how many guys do you usually run? How many guides do you usually have out there when you're guiding? Just you, two, typically. Yeah. Yeah. So usually it'll be like me and Ethan or Danny and Dylan or Danny and me or, you know, whatever, whatever combo works the best, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, that's sweet, dude. That'll be, that'll be exciting. Put a pit in. Yeah. It's definitely fun. Uh, I've helped put a couple in They're They're definitely a project. That's for sure. Yeah. That's Especially with lots of stuff right now. I was like going to say. Insane. So. Fucking expensive. Yeah. Yeah, so we were looking at doing like a concrete pit uh, okay. this year. So um, we'll have to see how it goes. Hopefully, I don't know. If the Canadian border opens up, like we were talking about earlier, it'll be a whole different story. I mean, there's trucks of lumber waiting at the border to be brought over. Yeah. Just you know, nobody to drive them or whatever, you know. And so that's driving the prices way the hell up. So we'll have to see. It'll be a summer project probably for when I get back. Yeah. So. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I used to work at Menards. And then I got some buddies that work over there. Um, and, dude, they were sending me pictures like fucking ACX plywood was like 25 bucks. And then they pulled the tag out and then put the new price tag in. Fucking $60. Jump. Oh, yeah. I believe it, dude. It's insane. <laughs> I'm like, that's unbelievable. To jump 35 fucking dollars, not even just like a gradual, just no. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's insane. And like built fucking all the buildings, houses and shit like that, dude. You can't do anything. Like people that are building lodges and stuff. No. It's so tough. You yeah. can't afford it. <laughs> no. Unless you're a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's just insane. Because I know a couple guys that are trying to build lodges and they're just like, Well, we're just gonna buy a spot that already is and then just renovate it on how we want. Cause, I mean, you can't. Yep. Yeah, that's just... what a lot of people are doing. Like, Bolt Gear's making a new lodge, Landing Gear Lodge. That's out in North Dakota. Yeah. Um, uh, I haven't really seen anything, but as of, from what I know, they're doing a, uh, uh, they're just renovating it pretty much. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. It's just a, a weird time right now. Fucking. Yeah, definitely. Definitely weird. The prices of everything are insane right now. Yeah, dude. Fucking gas is just super ideal. I mean, yeah, I could really go for a dollar seventy-eight <laughs> gas price, but you know that mean man says mean mean tweets isn't in there. The mean orange man, exactly, dude. Fucking two two dollars and eighty cents. I don't hate fucking filling up my truck for a hundred dollars. Like I love that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> I fill up my like eighty. Like man, that's a kick in the nuts right there. Yep. <laughs> like. Yeah. <laughs> but dude yeah it'll be it'll be interesting hopefully it drops for scouting just fuck i did not yeah. pay that much i mean not uh, i mean what are you gonna that, do but we pay for our gas but it's like the more driving that we do yeah obviously the more gas the more money our bosses are gonna have to work out for us to scout. i mean yep. it's shit you feel bad yeah so just gotta fucking put it on the tax write-offs yeah yeah exactly <laughs> just fucking exactly. work it but yeah dude i uh i appreciate you coming on that was awesome yeah i appreciate you letting me come on here so like, after i listened to calvin i was like yeah that, that's a pretty good so i listened to a couple of them before uh and so i was like this is a pretty good podcast i listened so i went through and listened to a couple of the older ones and i was like yeah this is this is legit so i was like this is nice i appreciate so it we, brother 
like, hell yeah, dude, I'll, I'll jump on whenever. Yeah, I love getting to hear new stories and meet new people. Yeah, I definitely agree. That's my favorite part about guiding, man. I meet new people all the time. Yeah. Well, dude, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to get up, meet up sometime, maybe grab a beer or something. If yeah, I'm uh, ever in Moorhead again. Yeah, Hopefully definitely. Man. I'll be back. Yeah, I'll be, I leave on Thursday, but until then I'm free. And then, I mean, I'll be back the first week of August. And then the second week of August, I go and uh, I pick up a new puppy uh, oh, from uh, Blake Gibson out at uh, Long Hollow Outdoors. Okay. Uh, out in Washington. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to there. And so me and Calvin are actually going to go out there and uh, go get my new puppy and figure it out. And from there, just kind of see where the wind takes. <laughs> so. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Well, dude, I'll let you go. And thanks once again for jumping on. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. You have a great one. I'll talk to you soon, all right? Yeah, you as well, brother. See ya. All right. So, man. Bye.